A couple of things. We have given you a notebook. There's no way that we're going to get through everything we need to cover in one day. And so in that notebook in the appendix is a, a just a huge stack of resources that we think will be really helpful for you. Some articles on how to keep your, your marriage the priority, your relationship the priority. Some resources. We took a group of folks that went through the class and we, we polled them afterwards and said what was most helpful. What do you wish you got when you went through here? We asked married couples what do you wish you knew before you had a baby? And so you've got like 10 sheets in the back that are filled with wisdom from moms and dads. Uh, and so all that is in there. You are going to leave here with a bunch of homework that you will get to do together. Now let me tell you what I think makes our class a little bit different than what you get at a hospital. And so we get this question all the time. We're taking a, a class at Baylor that teaches us you know, all the things that you'd want to know medically and biologically. Do we need to do this class as well? And, and I would say yes because we, we take a different focus on everything. First, we're going to give it a biblical worldview, and so we're going to teach you what the Bible says about parenting and what to expect. Secondly, and this is why we're doing this session next, is we want to teach you how to keep your relationship and your marriage the priority. And so you're going to hear from Ryan and Callie Nixon in a couple minutes. They're going to talk through ten ways to let your child ruin your marriage. And so we're teaching you things not to do, but to be crystal clear. If you want to ruin your marriage, do the, th- the ten things they're going to talk to you. But that is not what we want. And so we want to help you think through how do we keep our marriage and our relationship the priority. A couple other things I just want to ask. If you are having multiples, uh, meaning twins or triplets, just come find me or Kyle in the back if you have any questions about that. Ask my wife when she's here. If there are any other unmarried folks, we'd love to talk with you and just process through what are some good next steps as a couple. And then if you are adopting, I don't know if we have any adopted parents in here, we'd love to connect you with the right people at Watermark to learn uh, what to do if you're bringing a child in that's not biologically but, but adopting. All right, in your notebook, turn to the green tab for Ryan and Callie, 10 ways to let a newborn ruin your marriage. Uh, Let me tell you a little bit about Ryan and Callie, and then we're going to roll into a video clip. So Ryan has been on staff. How many years now, Ryan? Two. Two years. And he works with our young adult porch team. Awesome, awesome guy. Callie, if you go here on a Sunday, she is the voice of an angel that sings many Sundays here. So Callie's been here since like 1980-something, or whenever we started, 1999. She's part of the original founding of families at Watermark. They've been married six years. They'll tell you a little bit more about their story, but just an awesome couple. Really excited for you to hear from them. And so as we go into this second part, we want you to see a little clip from the show, Marley and Me, and then the Nixons will come up and lead you. Where's Marley? Sebastian's going to watch him for a few days. Mm-hmm. I'd love to see that. Just until I can find a more permanent home. This is his permanent home, John. Mm. Well, he's not going anywhere. Honey, I'm sorry. I just got overwhelmed. No one tells you how hard this is all going to be. Which part? But all of it. Marriage. Being a parent. It's the hardest job in the world, and nobody prepares you for that. Nobody tells you how much you have to give up. Because I feel like they do tell you. You don't listen or you think, ah, you're just miserable. I've given up so much of what made me who I am. 
I can't say that because I'm a very bad person if I say that. But I feel it. I really do. I feel it sometimes. I just, I just want you to know that. I do know that. You can say it. I say it. But I did make a choice. I made a choice, and even if it's harder than I thought, I don't regret it. Are you sure? I'm very sure. Because it kind of has like a no, there's no. no place like home feeling to it. I just think these things are going to happen, and we're going to get through them, and we'll just do it together. Together. Getting rid of Marley's. Not going to fix anything. No. Getting rid of you isn't going to fix anything either. Can I ask you a favor? Yes. No more kids for a while. Absolutely. Deal. Did any of the eight or nine month pregnant women were y'all crying during that? Who cried? Kind of emotional. Oh I got tears. I was kind of like looking forward more to like another office clip. Like that was like so like, oh man. And now they're talking about how to ruin your marriage, and this is gonna be so <laughs> gonna be pulling teeth for these next few minutes. Uh, well, hey, my name is Ryan Nixon, and this is my wife Callie. And like Scott said, we've been married for almost six years. Uh, really exciting. Uh, we we met. Uh, kind of through Canica camps, I became best friends at Texas A&M. Um, I decided instead of graduating in four years, I needed to stay for an extra year and a half, and which was awesome because I got to meet her. And so, uh, and so we've been married uh, here in Dallas uh, for all those six years as well, and and have little Davy Kate, and are now pregnant with you guys with number two. So, yeah, very exciting. Yeah. Come on. yeah, yeah. Um, but Callie's going to share just a little about a little bit about uh, little Davy Kate as well, and I think we have some pictures also. Yeah, we had Davy Kate in August of 2010, mm-hmm. and she's 19 months now, and she's crazy, um, but she's she's awesome. That's sideways, but that's her <laughs> naked. She's really talented. Um, she can stand against the wall. It's um, awesome. I was one of those people that um, really made fun of people who chose to do natural childbirth. I was like, you don't get a medal on a wall. Why are you doing that? And um, then through just a series of classes that I ended up taking, uh, became really interested in it and got committed to it and got to have Davy Kate naturally with a midwife in Baylor Hospital. Uh, but then afterwards had some uh, serious complications and so got to have an epidural after I had Davy Kate. So I feel like I have spanned the horizon of all things birth. And so um, I became so passionate about it that um, I got certified by the Bradley Method and I'm now a Bradley Childbirth Educator, which is really fun. And don't think like socks with Tevas and broom skirts and beads and beating on the tom-toms. Cause that's, that's what, what like, we thought when we got into class. That's what we thought when we got into it. But um, So that's natural childbirth and just giving women awareness about the childbirth process has become a passion of mine. So if you're interested in that, come talk to me afterwards. We do an eight-week class with um, husbands and wives. So um, Davy will be two in August. So when number when number two comes around, number two's due in August also. Yeah, and also uh, I don't think we put this on here, but if you guys want to go ahead and write down, my email address is rnixon at watermark dot org, 
and then my wife's is callynixon at gmail.com. And so if y'all have any questions about anything we said we didn't say or like you disagree with something we said, please email us. Uh, we, we'd love to hear any of y'all's thoughts. So yeah, so we're just kind of doing a little a backwards twist on... Um, on just this whole thing for marriage and a relationship, and so uh, just kind of to have some fun with it, talking about ten ways to let a newborn ruin your marriage. And so these are ten mistakes that if you're wanting to allow this new bundle of joy that's coming into your life, uh, kind of ruin your marriage and uh, just kind of wreck shop in your home, here are ten things that you need to just hone in on to make sure you do. Um, so uh, mistake number one, uh, mistake number one is see your baby as your marital saving grace. Okay, I know a lot of people um, may think that, hey, if we've got problems in marriage, that this baby that's about to come into our lives is that long-awaited Messiah for our marriage. And, and they're going to help solve all problems and, and make things that were wrong right, and, and that's the, not the case. I mean, just like... so I. I get to work with young adults and I think one of the things with, with Scott Kadersha working with pre-marrieds that, that we share with our young adults is that um, single people problems become marital problems and now they're just your single person problems in your marriage and problems you had before you had a baby um, are going to be problems you have after you have a baby except it's just going to be amplified and so one of the things to realize is that one, this this child is not going to you know just destroy your marriage, but also it's going to um, not save those problems, but it's going to amplify them with uh, whether it be you know conflicts or bad habits um, or whatever it might be. Um, and, and I know for myself, um, just for me, one of the things Callie and I continue to talk through, and, and my community guys know it, is um, have not always been the best at um, you know setting and planning date nights, and that was the case for me before we had a baby, and, and for a long time that's continued to be a, that was a struggle. You know, after we had little Davy Kate. And one of the things she'd always ask me is she'd say, hey, I want to be known. Like, I want you to know me. I want you to ask me questions. And I, I want you I'm to... I'm a puzzle. Put me together. Yeah, that's, that's what she'd say. And, uh, and it's like... And for me, it's like always... And it's, what's funny is like here at work, like I, I did youth ministry for five years before I came to Watermark. And I'm with guys all the time. And I'm asking guys questions. And she's just like, why can't you just do that with me at home? Like, I want you to ask me questions. I want you to dig deeper. And, uh, and so even... Even with, with having a kid, like that was still a struggle. Um, and then same with, you know, whatever else, like leadership, casting vision. Like what, like I, I'm more kind of feet on the ground and her dad is kind of 30,000 feet in the air. And just like what Kyle was talking about, Kyle's a 30,000 feet type guy. And I'm more, hey, how do I take those 30,000 feet and actually make it happen? And so even all those things, like it's something that I still have to work on. Well, which is why God put you together too, because I'll be the vision. I'm like, what what do we want our, our vision to be as like our family and what scripture is going to be like our mantra? And he's like, have you read your Bible today? I'm like... I'm going to get to it. So I'm just, we balance each other out. It's a really good balance. But for ladies, I think in this area where y'all could maybe relate is we just tend to control things a little bit. We like to, we call them white knuckle. And um, 
I just, I think we can also compare. And I think this is just a good reminder that life is always a departure. It's never an arrival. And so if you're one of those gals that were like, oh, when I find a boyfriend, life will be awesome. And then if that boyfriend would just ask me to marry him, then I'd be okay. And now we're married if I could just get pregnant. And then you get pregnant if the baby could just come. And then when the baby comes, if the baby could just go away. Like it just doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't end. And so I think if we could just tell you, like live in the moment and know mm-hmm. that your baby's not going to fix all your problems, but going to give you an opportunity to really work through them. So. Absolutely. And, and uh, the lesson for mistake number one is, is putting your hope in Christ and Christ alone. Um, God has provided three things uh, for us. I mean, he's, he's provided his spirit. Um, he's provided his word and he's provided his people to help come alongside us to work through um, whatever you know problems we brought into now being a, a family of three or four or whatever it might be. So the scripture that we have there. I love this Psalm 62, uh, 5 through 7. For God alone, O my soul, wait in silence. For my hope is from Him. He only is my rock and my salvation, my fortress, and I shall not be shaken. On God rests my salvation and my glory. My mighty rock, my refuge is God. Uh, the second mistake people will make is, um, this can be a lot of the women, but guys can fall into this too. We kind of, uh, we let the seeds of bitterness take root. And so um, we've really got to be diligent to communicate and attempt to resolve conflict. Women, we can't um, do what I probably did when we first had our little girl. Is you, you bottle up your emotions, just kind of thinking, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay, I'm okay, and then you explode. And um, conflict that isn't dealt with, doesn't go away just in the same way that um, pruning and cutting the branches of a weed alone doesn't kill the weed. You've got to uproot it. And so we talk about that a lot in marital communication. But um, for me, a big one was um, Ryan. We talked about, you know, the visionary boots on the ground. That also is creative, expressive and a little more like logistical and um, engineer minded. And so for me, everything is sensual, like like I love really big hugs and I love really great food and really beautiful music and it just everything is like the, a superlative. It's like the best thing ever, you know. And so when he, when Ryan would interact with our newborn, he was not expressive in the way that I thought he needed to be expressive. Like he did and not just sit there for a while. Yeah. <laughs> And he didn't ogle in the way that I needed him to ogle. And so I kept telling myself, like, it's fine, it's really okay, but it really, it started making me question, like, is he going to be a good dad later? Like, is he going to be engaged? I'm embarrassed to admit it, but I just would watch that and just be like, I just, I just, because my brother is more wired like me, where he would just you know, emote over his child. And that is not my husband. And so I think you have to remember to who you married. And it was important for me to remember to kind of either bring this up in my heart mm-hmm. with my girls and go, I know this is wrong, but this is how I'm feeling and have them help me work through it. Mm-hmm. And it's also knowing like, what's your MO for conflict. And they talk about kind of the communication styles of weenie, um, kind of withdrawal, uh, escalate, negatively interpret, and invalidate. And so for me, just kind of knowing when there's conflict kind of between us, like I'm, I don't know if I'm really an avoider, but I'm like a pretender. Like it, it's just not even there anymore. So it's just kind of like, I just kind of like, I just kind of go on through life and it's not even there. And so it's, it's, it's 
making sure, and, and one of the things Callie's done is she's done a great job of helping me kind of work through whether it be things that she's upset about for me or bitter or even things that I may be frustrated with. And so just making sure you're working through conflict because it's easy just to ignore the conflict and, okay, let's just focus on the child. Mm-hmm. And I negatively interpret. So he could have said, how was your day with the baby? And I'm like, why do you think I'm a bad parent? You know, I just, it was real. I can turn things around in my mind really quickly. So our lesson in this is really, you all know this, but just keep short accounts. Keep them with each other and with the Lord and extend grace and forgiveness to each other during this time because you're just going to need an abundance of it. And then also I think it's just good to keep in mind you need to fight for oneness and reconciliation in your marriage. Just Mm -hmm. like Kyle was talking about, if we're not purposeful with our children, we'll lose them. If we're not purposeful with each other, we'll lose each other too. So um, there's a watermark field guide that talks about kind of some of the ways of resolving conflict that's available to you all uh, at the Watermark website if you want to use that. And I know even it can feel weird going, when you said this, it made me feel this. But that's it's a great way to kind of get through that spot in time, especially ladies when we're a little more emotional maybe than we normally are. So um, the scripture for this is Colossians 3, 12 through 14 with two. And it says, put on then as God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience, bearing with one another. And if one has a complaint against another, forgiving each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. And above all these, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And Ephesians 4.26 says, be angry and do not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. All right. Mistake number three. How to let a newborn ruin your marriage is ditch the date night and adios to alone time. Um, like I like I said earlier, I mean, making like not making a priority to date your wife and spend time with each other alone. And Kyle talked about that, and also allowing each other just to get away and, and to be alone is a great way uh, to ruin your marriage. Um, and just like I said earlier, just like planning date nights, being purposeful and not just waiting till so like Monday night we have community group, Tuesday night uh, I'm at the porch and so normally Wednesday we're not doing good just because I've been gone for two days and so we've talked about hey Wednesday morning is never a great time to evaluate our marriage please tell me I'm not allowed to make any major life decisions on Wednesday morning because I'm like I don't know you we're not communicating um, but I also know that okay, Wednesday night, Thursday night we don't have anything regularly planned and so a good thing is not, and for me, normally it's just kind of it's Wednesday and it's like, okay, we're free. So, hey, let's go do something tonight. And like, like trying to be, and so like, sometimes it's nice to be spontaneous, but also that just means that you're procrastinating a lot of times. And so, um, one of the things uh, a, a guy on staff told me, and, and I'm not there yet at all, but it's just an idea. Like he planned childcare a month in advance. Like he would have, he'd know, okay, next month, here's each week when we're having our date night, who's going to be watching our kids. And that was just a great way to bless um, his wife. And I just kind of took that idea, and I'm not, I'm not a month out yet, but at least maybe a week out. And so for me, it's like I want to make sure that, one, we're having a, a date night once a week, that we're getting away and sometimes it's even at home after we put Davy Kate to bed. But then also just being purposeful. Like I'm the one uh, that, that calls, you know, a family or friend and just kind of says, hey, this Friday night, this Thursday night, can you help us out uh, to get alone? And so another way that I know some guys, just examples of 
there's almost kind of an opposite on this alone time deal is some guys it's like okay yes alone time's good and they let mom like be the one that takes care of the child and they're always out playing basketball or like you know going on bike rides or runs and so you want to make sure like this whole like being purposeful with alone time is really for the guys saying hey how are you going to help your wife who's been with that child all day like get 30 minutes to herself every day or an hour to herself you know on the weekends or whatever else and so those are just really good things to do um, because it's so important just to make sure that both of you guys, whether it's together individually, you know, exercising, getting outside, and doing what they like. And so, just I want to make sure throughout the week that I can help her, you know, do what it is that she wants to do, um, just because that's going to help us in our relationship. Um, and then one of the things, y'all, y'all may have seen this before if you're in some of the other marriage type classes, but uh, the Lurkies have uh, this uh, blog called Today's Letters. And so if you go online, look up Today's Letters, and they just have four questions they ask each other every week. Um, and so there's just great things to do, just kind of say, hey, how can we continue to make sure that we're connecting with each other um, on a deeper level than just you know, baby, breastfeeding, diapers, you know, and also when you go on the date, like, don't talk about, you know, the child the whole time, like, enjoy one another again. Uh, And so the lesson here is you have to work to get uh, time alone with one another and to not talk about diapers, sleeping, and breastfeeding. Um, time, um, Time alone helps refresh and rejuvenate you and give you proper perspective to make, uh, just make you a better follower of Christ, a better spouse, and a better parent. And we have the Ephesians 5, 22, 23, and 25 verse on here, which y'all are probably familiar with. But I want to read this John Muir quote. He's one of my favorite authors, and he just loved nature. And um, he said, Climb the mountains and get their good tidings. Nature's peace will flow into you as sunshine flows into trees. The winds will blow their own freshness into you and the storms their energy, while cares will drop away from you like the leaves of autumn. Keep close to nature's heart and break clear away once a while and climb a mountain or spend a week in the woods. Wash your spirit clean. And for me, outside is is that for me. So um, I did two things. I would go on walks or go exercise or I'd go, I'd take really long showers. I At the beginning, right after the baby, I took like 30-minute showers and used all the hot water and that was my alone time. So... Wouldn't recommend it always, you know, for the earth and such, but it's, it was great for me. So just figure out what, what works for you and let your husband help you for that. Absolutely. Um, this is a good one. This is mistake number four. For men, um, I think your blanks, it'll be believe there is nothing you can do to help with the baby. And then women, the mistake is believe that you have to do everything. And I talked about this um, a little earlier, but... Um, are you going to do the man example? No, you do that one. Okay, I do the man. Um, for Ryan, I, I was really passionate just because my deal that I made with him, and everybody will do this differently, but I didn't need him up with me during the night um, while we were feeding during the night as long as um, he was really on during the day. <laughs> that, was, that was like my, like, I would love for you to sleep at night. And some guys, they do something where it's like at night, while the woman feeds, the guy goes and changes the diaper and puts the baby back to bed. So y'all will figure that out, like whatever works best for y'all with feeding schedules. But for me, that was what I wanted. And so he did such a great job at like during the day, just always making sure that I like right after you have a baby, when you're nursing and your milk is coming in, you could literally drink like a whole house of water. You're just so thirsty. And so he always had this huge mug of water for me. And, um, 
help I could point to stuff and go, I think we should move this furniture and he just entertained me and like would like <laughs> move the furniture. <laughs> Maybe my nesting didn't come till after the baby or something, but and then I struggled with my milk supply, so we would have to pump a lot. Um and so he'd, you know, wash everything and he just was great. So I think for men, you know, taking that initiative and then for girls letting them. I think for girls there's two different types of us. There's a type A and a type B. And the type A, this is not me, but they, you gals are going to struggle more with micromanaging. So you're not only going to tell them what to do, but you're going to tell them how to do it and with a smile on their face and with which fingers to use while doing it. So like y'all are maybe more the micromanaging types where it's like you need to pull the diaper strap a little bit further when you do the diaper. Thank you so much. You know, so y'all are going to need to really take a little bit of a step back probably. And then there's types like me that are the pride reverses in another way and I just don't ever ask for help. I take kind of that martyr stance and I just go, you know, this is just it's really hard for me and I'll just do it. I will just it's fine, I'll do it. And thinking like it's a servant, but really like we talked about, that bitterness is just like stewing, you know, and so that that was my problem is I didn't remember that the job's really difficult on both parents. Mm -hmm. It's not just the mom. So just I think it's really good for us to learn as women like we don't have to do everything and they don't have to do everything the way that we do it they're not going to and that's a beautiful thing mm-hmm. so yeah and I think alongside that is just making sure communicating beforehand like hey here's our plan uh, because then, on the, like, whether your plan is the guy's getting up, you know, every time and getting things ready, or the guy sleeps at night, or whatever else it is, then at least when it comes up, like, you're, you're not frustrated that you're doing something. Because otherwise, if you if you don't set out, hey, let, let's try this. Here's our plan for this week. Then, like, if she rolls over and says, hey, can you go do this? You're like. I feel like I go to work tomorrow morning, and like you're going to be here at the house, and when she sleeps, you get to sleep, and like you you just kind of like start going through these frustrations, and and she's in bed, and you're like having these conversations with yourself about you and your spouse, and like and it's just again, yeah. no, of course not, um, but I mean, so just making sure like you talk through those things beforehand, so that way when you get there, it's like. I mean, a friend of mine once said, like, you know, my drive to work's 30 minutes, and, like, I love it. I listen to talk radio, and otherwise you might be, like, you know, weaving out of cars, frustrated that, you know, there's traffic and everything else. So it's just, like, know what you're getting into. Um, and so for the guys, like, there's always something that you can do. And, and one of the things um, that, you, that she just mentioned that you just really do be mindful of is looking to see what, like, her mom does to help her. Or, or what her friends do to help her, and just like being mindful of that, and kind of saying, okay, like I'm remembering those, like taking mental notes. So then, when they're gone, like now you're ready to help out, and you don't have to wait to be asked to do something. Like you're just on it, and you're ready to go. And then for women, we just have to love our husbands well to know that they want to help, and they just may not know how. I mean, women are literally built with nurturing inside them. You don't have to teach us how to love. We don't really know what we're doing, but we love so much that we kind of just get into it and it just starts working for us. They don't have that chip, you know? And so um, I think it's just good to communicate that, be willing to share in love, but not micromanage. So for one of my friends that is in my square one class, we would talk and she said, I try to give him bath time, but when he does it, he just, he doesn't hold her head up right. And it's just really scary. I'm like, whoa, whoa. First of all, your husband's washing your child. 
praise Jesus. You know, second of all, get out of the bathroom. Like, if you're going to give something to your husband, really give it to him. You say it in kindness, you know. But, like, if, I think that's just my challenge is when we give stuff to him, we can't give it to him and then go, oh, it's you're not you're not doing it right when you give it to them be blessed by it and let them mm-hmm. put the diaper on backwards one time if they need to or let them like choose an outfit that is like four different shades match. of pink like let them do it it's fine and it's a let it be a blessing to you so i think that's just kind of a good um challenge that mm-hmm. that i give women Absolutely. One of the things that was really funny is like with that is like we had the plan of, you know, she had nights and I had mornings. And, and Davy, when we uh, when she was younger, had acid reflux. And so uh, was just anytime she wasn't asleep, she was, you know, crying. If she wasn't eating, like she was crying. And so uh, one night she just could not go to sleep. And so after about uh, two, three hours of Callie going in there, trying to rock her, trying to do whatever she could. Like she came in there and I saw, I, I mean, guys, you know, like when your wife is about to crack and I saw her and I was like, I'm up. I was like, like, I, I was like fast. What he means I, is I collapsed into a heap on the floor and offered my child up like a sacrifice. <laughs> you have to take her. And I'm like, I'm like in bed and I'm normally, I'm just like, I'm, when I'm horizontal, I'm out, and like I, I see her, just I, I, maybe I just sensed it, and I just like threw the covers. Like, I got her, I got her, and so in the next next two hours, I mean, we're driving from Lovers and Inwood up to Watermark around, like nothing's working. I'm walking around at you know one in the morning at you know Germany Park and like trying to do whatever we can, and so it's just like saying, hey, sometimes it's just. You're gonna just (laughs) look back and love it. Um, So for men, for you would just be that Philippians two, three through four. This is my family's kind of life verse: is do nothing from rivalry or conceit, but in humility count others as more significant than yourselves. Let each of you not look only to his own interests, but also to the interests of others. And then Genesis um, three sixteen. I think this verse is so interesting. He says, to the woman, he said, um, I will surely multiply your pain in childbirthing. In pain, you shall bring forth children. Your desire shall be for your husband, and he shall rule over you. And desire that it's talking about there is not sexual. It's that controlling desire. It talks about it again in Genesis 4, um, that we, we desire to control our husbands. That's part of Eve's fault. And if Eve hadn't done it, I would have if it made it to me. So um, that's part of our curse, but it's something that we can really fight against. All right, mistake number five, um, and this one hits home for me. Have a spirit of superior, superior, superior spirituality. She told me to change all those S's, and I was like, no, I like it. Having a spirit of superior spirituality. And this is really, uh, it might be for some of the women, but this is really for the men. And Kyle mention this briefly um, is that w- when you know you have a newborn like kind of the the cycles and the disciplines of life kind of just go out the window for a while and it's just um, as a wife he mentioned to the ladies hey women be okay with it and this is really to the guys um, be okay with it um, so for me one of the things we struggled in marriage is she approaches the Lord and communes with the Lord differently than I do you know, she she listens to a song and her heart is connected and then she reads, you know, for just a, a small chunk, a few verses and, and she is, is communing in one with Jesus. And for me, like I want to get up at 530, I want to have my coffee when it's dark, I want to read and I want to kind of just, I'm reading a couple chapters and like, so it's just, we're totally different. And so I, I struggle just with, with having 
pride um, as she as a Davy came into our lives and, and just kind of like, babe, when are you going to read your Bible? And like would do like just stupid. So sometimes you can do things that are helpful. Again, communication. But like setting the Bible kind of like next to her, like that's, that's not like. So so do you want me to get this for you? Here here's a passage you can read. Um, like and so he wasn't like, that bad. He's being hard on himself. I mean, so just and and I as a person just struggle with pride in general and that all areas of my life. And so just knowing that about yourself and you know a huge way to cause some conflict between you and your spouse is having that spiritual pride um, in general but especially when that child comes just because thing, things are totally different and so um, I mean non, uh, non-communicated expectations um, and then one of the things that you know just after some good conflict uh, and then listening to other people is just being able to be creative with what does it look like now for her uh, to to spend time with Jesus and then how can I help her in that? And so ways that were good, so negative, ways that were good um, was remembering that grace abounds. Like grace abounds always in all areas of, of life and grace abounds here. And so we have today with iPods, with the internet, with music, I mean those are all gifts um, from the Lord, reading to her, not just kind of setting a Bible down, but saying, hey, let, let's read this together. Um, putting up Scripture at different places, like where she's nursing and you know different places around the house where she's going to be helping her do that um, so that she can kind of just take uh, little sifts throughout the day instead of thinking that it needs to be the way that I like to spend time with the Lord. Because for women, I mean, honestly, for me, like that... That nursing time was some of the sweetest time spiritually that I've ever had. You know, just so you're you're learning what like Psalm one thirty one is talking about, like a weaned child rest against its mother. You're seeing the Lord in a whole different way, mm-hmm. and and yet at the same time, like girls, you're not off the hook. You know, this is definitely. Um, I think my challenge I'd be to myself and to us is just let's not be those women that let kids have the excuse of like we forget to meet with the Lord because it's like oh the kids are so crazy it's like kids will always be crazy and and in our house we created this our new house we created this little nook that's like this is when mama's here you don't talk to mama nook you know and so it's like be creative about the ways that you um, approach and love on the Lord because like I memorized Proverbs 31 in a couple of days nursing because you're sitting there for 20 minutes thinking (laughs) you know so if you just redirect that thinking you can really um just bless yourself and bless your kids and your husband Mm -hmm. by directing your thoughts to the lord he's showing me the timer yeah let's speed up a little bit we need to speed it up we love too long too long winded people up here uh doesn't help shrink time uh so here's the the scripture for that is just you know we urge you brethren admonish the unruly encourage the faint-hearted help the weak be patient with everyone and i and i love that just because you can have three different people doing the exact same thing so let's just take it with this like not spending time with the lord and then someone might be doing it because they're unruly and then they need to be admonished they need to be called out they might be doing it because they're weak and they need to be helped or they might be faint-hearted and they need to be encouraged. And I love that last part, being patient with everyone. So just in life, that's just such a great just pastoral verse of just really understanding where someone's coming from. I'm going to let you all read the other verse on your own. It's a good one. Um, mistake number six is reminisce the good old days. Um, so a great way to ruin your marriage is only speak of the glory days like the way they used to be and the things you can't do now. Talk about your marriage like you talk about college, the best years of your life, and ignore what is the new normal. 
Um, so we had a lot of friends, you know, it's like, don't you remember when you could pick up at a moment's notice and drive to the Grand Canyon and, you know, whatever it is that y'all did that is different now. And so your marriage isn't over, but is different and it's going to be better. And I think you also have to embrace that you may have been the one that said like, man, when we have kids, we're still going to be awesome. And we're still going to like do social hours and happy hours and cocktails and stuff. And now you're like, Heck no. And you can embrace that, and it's okay. Um, Six o'clock. We need to get back home right now. Yeah. We can't leave. Uh, <laughs> you, we do live in a society so much of, like, the grass is always greener on the other side. And we both experience this for the most part during vacations. Yeah, I, I remember, like, the first time we went on a trip to go visit some dear friends of ours out in California. And... There's no, there wasn't a separate room. We're staying in a hotel room, and so I mean, like you couldn't, we couldn't go out and see the sights. We're like we wanted to go to San Francisco, and I was like, well, we can only go between, you know, eleven and one, and it's a thirty-hour, thirty-minute trip. So let's just let's make this quick. <laughs> and, um, and I remember even at night, like we made a little canopy, like we got a room that had twin, or like kind of two queens, and you have this little canopy. And so at seven thirty, you get in the hotel room. <laughs> and and you can't watch TV because you don't want to wake up the baby, and so you're just kind of sitting there. And just, hey. <laughs> and like someone's getting up to go to the restrooms, be quiet. <laughs> and like, and so it's kind of like, okay, there, there might be a season where it's not really a vacation; it's more of a trip, and that's all right. And, and it's like, this is going to be great. But again, I mean, the sun setting on one chapter of your life, it's rising on another. Just embrace it. And all mm-hmm. reminiscing does is just show you what it just keeps you from focusing on the joy that you do have right now. So, Jim Elliot said, "Wherever you are, be all there." And in Isaiah 43, it says, Behold, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Do you not perceive it? I will make a way in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. All right. Mistake number seven. Uh, be sexually self-centered. So a great way to ruin your marriage is be sexually self-centered um, and just ignoring the, the sexual needs that your spouse uh, might have. And so... Um, you know, men, I think, uh, where we can make a mistakes here is just think that just in a few short days after getting home from the hospital, everything's going to be just like the honeymoon. I mean, it's just going to be, you know, delightful sex. And we're going to be enjoying each other. And that's just not the case. Like, there, there's a lot that has happened to your wife <laughs> down there. And so it's time just to say, again, grace abounds. <laughs> uh, so funny, man. Thanks. <laughs> I wasn't expecting you to be funny. <laughs> I was, but um, and for women, you know, even after you have the baby, you're you still look five months pregnant. So it's it's not like it just comes out and everything is back to normal. And so um, it will happen. But um, I think for us, it's unfair for us to think that our husband's totally content to live in this place of sexual hibernation for as long as we deem necessary. You know, and so um, there it may be true when you're. When you're breastfeeding, it definitely you have a lower sexual drive than normal. Um, but that doesn't, I guess, just as women, if we both keep, as women and men, if we both keep a servant's attitude, there's ways. We're all, you've all done it. I mean, there's, <laughs> there's ways to be creative about loving on each other during this time. I don't get it. <laughs> Um, no but i think one 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 of the things i think that uh that is to be mindful of this and so um just like problems don't change once you get married and problems don't change once you have a kid um 
you know, I, I brought into our marriage uh, an addiction to pornography, and um, God's been gracious uh, throughout our marriage. And we've had just some some failure. Well, I've had some failure in that, and, and we've had some time of working back with each other. Um, and, and by God's grace, um, I mean after I guess we we kind of hit a lot of brokenness before we had our our child, um, and had community group come around and jumped into recovery here at Watermark with regeneration, um, but. St- Statistically, it's one another one of those S words. Uh, statistically, uh, they say that I mean pornography um, increases kind of during one during pregnancy and also after uh, a, a new baby is in the house. And so it's like, hey, this isn't like you know we've got to prepare for doomsday like for wives saying, hey, you're going to be looking at pornography now that we're having. No, it's not that. It's just that all of us, both husband and wife, just have to be mindful of that and then be purposeful. Um, and how we're going to not allow uh, that, whether it be a past struggle or, or possibly a new struggle, um, re- re-enter into our marriage. Um, and so, again, just being being open, being honest, like uh, from now till the day we we die, like we always, the truth always has to be good enough to share. Mm-hmm. Like we have to recognize, like, and my wife always says, "Hey, I'm not worried." about you looking at pornography again in the future. Like, the thing that scares me is that you would fall and that you wouldn't be honest with me. And so that's, that's where it kind of leads from pornography to, um, to adultery or to whatever else, is just not being one with each other and with a group of guys. Um, and so it's just uh, being mindful about that. And so I think for the guys, a, a lesson, uh, that was just kind of, that was like a little side note, that part was free. Um, so for for the men is that your wife just the lesson is your wife will need to take a break you know from an average for six to eight weeks um, for having sex and so uh, like Callie mentioned uh, you know she had some tearing whenever our our baby was born and so there there was even a longer time and then also just being mindful of when you re-enter into sex like just like when <laughs> words huh. Um, just, just remember, like, just like whenever you got married or the first time you had sex is like, I'm 12. <laughs> is it, oh is it, God. you just have to take things slow. And so it's just, yeah. it's being okay and saying it's not going to be like it was, you know, during the glory days of our, of our marriage. And so, um, yes. just being mindful of that. We'll get back to that. Okay. Thanks, Ben. Um, and women, you are undergoing so many physical changes right now. Um, we talked about, you know, breastfeeding. Um, you have four times the amount of normal hormones cursing through your body. So if you think your premenstrual cycle PMS is interesting, just wait. And this is, no one told me about this. So you, that's where that euphoric high of like, you're the most gorgeous man ever, and I love you more today than ever, can go straight down into... Remember me, alter, baby, child, take it. Like, and I think that's something that just know, and it's okay. Like, and guys, your guys are going to have grace with you during that period. And I'm usually, I'm, I'm built emotionally, but I'm pre- usually pretty stable emotionally. And so if some of you gals are wired like me, it was really weird not to be in control of my emotions, and I didn't like it. And I think that's just a part of this process. And then for me, too, I usually am also wired where I'm a little bit more sexually interested than a lot of women that I hang out with. And so, like, I, have a, I have a high sex drive for a girl, <laughs> is what I'm told, by girls. Um, and so, for me, it was... <laughs> you're welcome. And so, for me, it was weird going through a period in life where I... I mean, you could have... 
it could have been eight weeks and I could have not even thought about it. Like it just would not have even I mean, entered. I was working out. I was looking good. And, no, yes, <laughs> he's always so sexy. But it just didn't come into my mind. And that was weird for me. And so I think, it, again, all of this is just communicate, serve each other in love, and be selfless with one another. And um, be careful about how much you compare to other people's relationships. Because I had friends mm-hmm. who had awesome labors and deliveries that were great to have sex again at three weeks and I had friends who had a lot more complications who needed to take longer so don't compare your life to other people just do what's going to work for you guys and communication is key in that is just communication for guys I mean if if you are uh, feeling just bottled up and like just wanting to have some type of sexual intimacy with your wife just communicating that and just uh, being gracious on both sides and this is I love that God put this in the scriptures 1 Corinthians 7 3 through 4 the husband must fulfill his duty to his wife and likewise also the wife to her husband the wife does not have authority over her body but the husband does and likewise also the husband does not have authority over his body but the wife does and that's not I don't think like authority like hey you do this it's more just this mutual submission of, hey, we're here to enjoy one another, to please one another, and to be selfless towards one another. Okay, mistake number eight is let comparison be the thief of joy. Um, That's one of my favorite phrases I've heard people say is just comparison is such a thief of joy. And we like just like we don't want to compare our sex lives to our friends, we don't need to compare our marriage and our child to other parents and their kids because it's going to be different. We've already told you we struggled at the beginning with Davy Kate. She just um, I don't know if any of y'all read Baby Wise yet, but that whole eat, wake, happy, awake time sitting by the window and then sleeping was non-existent. I mean, it was eat, scream for three hours, fall asleep for three hours. So it's gonna for everybody, it's going to be different. And I remember there was this one girl's blog that had a baby within like three weeks of me. And I literally, at one, <laughs> we still laugh about it, because at one point, I literally had to have him keep me accountable that, like, I wasn't allowed to read her blog anymore, because her blog was like, you know, he's up at 3 o'clock in the morning driving our child around Dallas, and she's like, month one, and, like, taking pictures of her by the pillow, and I'm like, my baby hasn't even smiled yet, and... And her, ba- her baby, like, was sleeping 12 hours, like, yeah. the second week, and we're so, like... It just, it'll drive you nuts, so don't compare. And um, then also, my sister-in-law, we talked about my brother, Mac. I would compare Mac, who would come home and just, like, swoop his child up and was so emotional with his child, and it would make me think that Ryan was doing something wrong. And so we've just really got to watch the comparison. You may have a more difficult child. Your child may struggle with milk allergies or reflux or have their nights and days mixed up. You may have a special needs child. You're going to have different parenting philosophies than some of your friends. Mm -hmm. It's okay if you want to co-sleep with your baby and if someone else doesn't. Like Those things are all, there's no right and wrong. You, You have to remember that you have been specifically chosen to have this baby and that no one, you are genetically, spiritually, and mentally equipped as no one else to care for your child. So that was encouraging to me. And then... I really like that. Say that one part again. Okay, well. Um, Remind yourself that of all the parents in the world, God chose you for your baby. You are genetically, spiritually, and mentally equipped as no one else to care for your child. So be encouraged by that. You can read your verses. You're up again. Oh, good. Um, These kind of go hand in hand, but this is um, listen to all advice of others with pen in hand. And that's just kind of a play on words that um, people are going to give their weight to you in in free advice, like we're doing right now. 
Um, but they really are. I mean, with, with Davy Kate, you know, I would have just fed her and she'd be crying and inevitably someone would come up and go, well, she's just hungry, you know, and you, you, you fight the urge to go, she just got off feeding, but you want to say it differently, but you don't. And you just go, oh, thank you for your advice. Thank you. You know, people are just, or if they're crying, you know, he has a member of his family who's hilarious. Anytime a baby like makes a noise, they go, well, someone's not happy. And you're just sitting there like, they make noise, you know. Um, So just be careful about about what, what people say. And then at the same time, don't do this alone. Do this in community with people who you trust and, and love and care for. There's an African proverb that says it takes a village to raise a child. And um, I think there's great places for you to get help. Like with breastfeeding, La Leche League is a great place for you to go to get support. Square One is a ministry mm-hmm. um, at our church that Sarah Crotty will talk to you all later. But my friends and I kind of call her the magic milk lady because she is a lactation consultant who <laughs> has saved all of our lives um, just with breastfeeding. So there's going to be a lot of resources around you, specifically at this church. So don't walk the road mm-hmm. alone. Yeah, and, and the scripture there, and it's funny because, you know, with this point, this being a mistake, is that this is Watermark Community Church, and we put so much emphasis on community, and that is important. And, I mean, I love the, the proverb, Proverbs 24, 6 says, For by wise guidance you will wage war, and in abundance of counselors there is victory. And so that's the same with parenting, but at the same time it's kind of recognizing, okay, these are the people that are in our life, this is our community, this is our friends, and these are people who we trust, and then this is just, it might be mother-in-law, it might be mom, it might be um, strange lady at Corner Bakery who walks up and thinks that she can touch your baby, um, which, which it happens. <laughs> that happens. <laughs> um, and so and it kind of starts sharing what you need to do, and it's like just being mindful of that and, and not thinking that if things aren't going right that you just, you kind of, you're grasping for something to work, and so you kind of keep on looking for different things. So, but it is, I mean, counsel is huge, um, and so that's why you'll need to be listening with pen in hand right now. Um, we're good. Yeah. Okay, last point. Mistake number 10, uh, believe your role as a parent is second to none. So the, the last and final mistake that you can do to ruin your marriage um, is that, is believing that... Uh, that being a parent is your most important role um, as an individual. And so Kyle shared this uh, as well, and it's just so important, is that, I mean, within your relationships here in this world, um, now that you are parents, um, it is still um, loving God, loving the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and loving your neighbor as yourself. And as you think about who are your neighbors in your life, this is your most important neighbor. Like your spouse is the one that you are to love the most. And then from there you have your children. And then you've got actual neighbors and coworkers and things like that. And so that is just huge. And so, you know, you're late, uh, it is just being devoted there and, and just making sure that you are spending time there. And then Callie has just some things uh, that has helped her just even in that. It's, we talked earlier about, again, not being spiritually prideful. And she's just got some things that helped her connect with the Lord as well. Yeah, because for women during this time, I was typically, you know, I really struggled that if you, I would hear people say, you just have to like, approach Jesus throughout the day and take little little bits of them. And I just remember pridefully kind of thinking like, yeah, but real women get up early and they read their Bible. Like and and it just has to change a little bit and it's changed for me and it's been humbling for me. Um so for me, we just went on this women's retreat. Um I don't know if any of y'all were able to come, but 
sweet woman in our church, this godly wise woman, Judy Wimberly, talked about the word of God being refreshing. And she gave this analogy that has stuck so hard in my mind. She said, whether or not you take a water bottle and if you drink it all at one sitting or if you sip on it little bits throughout the day, you're getting the same amount of nourishment. And that to me was just so encouraging because those long periods of quiet um, are not there. They're, yeah, they're not there. You're, you may not, you may have them at the beginning, but you may not have them um, as things progress. And so, just ways for us as women to discipline ourselves for the purpose of godliness. There's still so many ways that we can if we're just willing to let um, that pursuit of Christ look a little different. And so. Um, some practical tips for abiding. We seek God's word and go for short passages. Go chew on one verse a day. You know, chew on um, your iPhone is great during this season. So we have uh, there's Streams in the Desert, which is an incredible compilation of a bunch of different authors. That's a day to day devotional. That's a free app on your iPhone. And then also Charles Spurgeon's Mornings and Evenings is free on your iPhone, too. That if you like kind of the, the older thy these um, then that's a great resource for you, too. And um, you can memorize and meditate on verses, like we said, print out. Take a chunk of scripture that you want to learn, whether it be like Psalm 1 that you can pray over your baby, or Kyle's Deuteronomy 6, the Shema, or Proverbs 31, something you want to chew on, Mm -hmm. and you will have that verse memorized if you're breastfeeding your baby because you just have that time. So just post it up around the house and... um, Pray or rock. Pray while you rock or are up late and pray over your baby. I think some of these, these are from, most of these are from what I got in square one. Do square one if you get a chance to. Um, you, you will be encouraged and challenged. You can come in your pajamas. And I told y'all, Davy Kate cried. So literally a mom would just take her and leave to where I couldn't hear her crying. And I could just sit. And it's super practical and um, such mm-hmm. a blessing. So attend something like a Bible study or a new mom's group. And then um, uh, we kept music going in our house 24 hours a day because you visit different rooms during 24 hours a day. There's no guarantee as to when you're up or sleeping. So that to me was um, really encouraging. And then lastly, just start talking to your baby even now just about Jesus. Start praying over your baby out loud and it'll just be so natural. Mm-hmm. Um later down the road and psalm 5 3 says in the morning lord you hear my voice in the morning i lay my request before you and wait expectantly and then mark twelve thirty, you shall love the lord your god with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength and so um if that if there's anything we could leave y'all with is just seek christ passionately both mm-hmm. for your marriage and for your mothering and your fathering your parenting skills just because that's the one thing um that is going to bless you during this time. It's going to grow you and it's going to make you into the kind of parent that you want to be. Cause on our own, we just, I tend to think that I can do a lot of things on my own and we really, we just can't. It's too much for us. So. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, a great way to, I mean, be a bad dad or mom is for, uh, to your kids is for this not to be working well. And a great way for this not to be working well is for, um, our relationship with the Lord not to be working well. And so, uh, and just have grace towards each other. Um, recognize that the Lord your God has grace towards you, um, and therefore, if He is gracious towards you, we should be gracious towards one another, and also being gracious towards your little 
your little man or your little girl that uh, you get to bring into this world. And so just grace abounds in this season and just um, enjoy it. It's great. And so we uh, really do uh, appreciate getting to be here with you guys. Uh, Scott or Sarah, what's next? Here she comes. Boom. Hi. Okay. Thanks. Give a round of applause for Ryan. <laughs> that's, the, that's the second time I've heard y'all give that talk, and I didn't think it could get better, but it did. Um, okay, so what's going to happen now, we're going to have another little break for y'all to use restroom, get snacks, do whatever, and then whenever we're going to start our next session at 11.45, so that's, I'm really bad at math, it's like eight minutes, I don't know. Um, and so it's going to be a little bit different, though. Guys, y'all are going to be going to room 306 which is in, like, the far corner of this building. Um, so, guys, take the binder with you. And, girls, you'll notice in the back sleeve of your binder is um, a women's discussion breakout page for you to take notes. Take that with you now because you'll have the table. You'll stay in here, um, and gals will come up and talk with y'all, and you have that take notes on. Guys, take the binder because then you can take notes um, that way. And, guys, take a pen with you, too, because I don't think I put new pens over there. Um, Let's see. So, okay, so on the three by five cards, there are uh, pink, I don't, know if, I don't know what the dimensions of them are, but there's pink and blue cards on your table. And um, those are for this breakout discussion time. Girls, if you have any questions um, that you want our wise mamas to answer for you, write them down on those pink cards. And guys, do the same for the guys on the blue cards. And in the back on that table where you got your binder is um, a clear Tupperware and a blue Tupperware. Guys, put your blue cards in the blue bowl, and the guys will take them with you. Girls, put them in the clear, um, and they'll and the mamas will get to them up here. So, um, yeah, any questions? Good to go? Okay. See you all at your next place at uh, 1145.